With us today is the former Speaker of the House, uh, Newt Gingrich. He's a professor of history uh, and uh, one of the smartest guys I know, and and uh, he loves America. And uh, Speaker Gingrich, tell us, I mean, there's so many problems going on. Where would you like to start this Sunday morning? Well, I think it's fascinating to look forward to the State of the Union for two different reasons. One is this is Biden's big chance to try to prove that he's dynamic and capable and what have you. And the fact is, all around him, things are falling apart. Uh, there's a um, notice uh, recently that the White House has decided to call illegal immigrants newcomers uh, because newcomers doesn't sound as bad. Well, <laughs> very few Americans are going to applaud and say, oh, yes, uh, the, the, uh, the Venezuelan newcomers who beat up the New York policemen really aren't illegal immigrants. They're just newcomers. Or the Venezuelan immigrant who killed the young, uh, the young student at the University of Georgia wasn't really illegal. They're just newcomers. Uh, this is an example of the problem that Biden has. He keeps trying to use language to cover up reality. And for the average American, uh, reality overwhelms um, whatever he's saying. So his speech will be interesting It'll be, I'm sure, full of some props. I'm sure he'll attack the House Republicans uh, and try to get them all excited and yelling at him. Uh, but what's equally interesting is that Senator Britt, who is the new freshman senator from Alabama, <clears throat> and who some very smart people believe will be Trump's vice presidential pick, she has her big audition night because she's going to deliver the response to Biden. And I remember several years ago that... Uh, we had we had a similar kind of response from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and she was brilliant. So it'll be interesting to see if Britt rises to the occasion. And if she does, it'll be a major step up in her potentially being Trump's vice presidential candidate. So that's going to make that day interesting. The, the other thing to, to watch for is that the inflation is coming back, uh, not so much in food and, and gasoline, although that's where people see it. And frankly, food prices are now so high that even without any additional inflation, people are really, really bothered, and they find this is not affordable. Uh, Calista went the other day to buy some hamburger to make some spaghetti. She was shocked at what she's now paying for hamburger. Uh, and that's, it's not going down. So that's going to be a burden. But, but in addition, uh, the latest numbers on services, things like insurance or entertainment uh, <clears throat> or accounting, any kind of, as opposed to buying goods, any kind of service, that jumped 7%. Uh, now, from the standpoint of the Federal Reserve, that's a huge disaster. And the reason it's happening is pretty simple. The Fed's major tool for fighting inflation is to raise interest rates. But that only affects the private sector. And, by the way, increases the cost of government because we're the largest borrower in the, in the world is the U.S. government. So their, their payments go up. But at the same time, the Biden administration is, is borrowing so much money and spending so much money <clears throat> that it is inflating the economy at the very time that the Fed is crushing the private sector. Uh, this is part of what happened with Jimmy Carter, except it's worse this time. And I think it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. One out of every four new jobs is a government job. That's how distorted the economy's become. Understood. Um Washington, how broken is it? I mean, we hear the foreign money coming into Washington 
like it's going out of style. I mean, uh, part of the countries, other countries, part of their budget is how much they're going to give to Washington. Oh, I think that's right. I, look, look, I, I've always recommended to people a, a brilliant novel by Colleen McCullough, who wrote The Thornbirds. And she wrote a, a novel called The First Man in Rome, and it was about Julius Caesar's uncle. And you see Rome, which had defeated Carthage and become the dominant military power in the Mediterranean. All of a sudden, all of these local kings and princes figure out it's cheaper to, to bribe the Romans than to fight them. And so they all end up, you know, shipping money into Rome to bribe people, and it corrupts the whole system. And I think, frankly, that that's part of the story at Harvard and Yale and Princeton and University of Pennsylvania. It's part of the story with some of these lobbyists. There, there are law firms in Washington that represent Hamas and actually help the Hamas leaders figure out how to steal money. I mean, it is just—it's a level of penetration that is astonishing. And I know uh, uh, companies, uh, uh, people of of descent from uh, certain Asian and and uh, uh, OPEC nations, uh, American companies, that the funds are being funneled to their companies that get funneled to Washington. I mean, it's just. It's out of control. I mean, you love this country. I love this country. What do we do? Well, I mean, the first we have to do is get transparency and accountability. We need laws that say any foreign money above, say, $5,000 has to be reported. Uh, and, and, and reported in a way that we can track it. You know, there is a law and has been a law for a good while that universities are supposed to report foreign gifts. They don't. I mean, you're in a situation where um, <clears throat> universities uh, take millions of dollars. University of Pennsylvania took at least $60 million from the Chinese while housing the, the, the Penn Biden Center. Uh, 15 people in the Biden White House, plus the Secretary of State, were all being paid by this University of Pennsylvania operation. And the Chinese were giving them, you know, 60. We don't know the exact number. Because the University of Pennsylvania refuses to report it, which is illegal. And so you, you look at places like Harvard. Uh, there are a number of these foreign countries now that have invested heavily. And, of course, in a free market environment, you know, if the Saudis want to come in and buy something, it's perfectly legal. Remember, the largest single outside stockholder of the New York Times uh, is the wealthiest man in Mexico. So I mean, this is a real problem for us. As we watch our country, uh, on the one hand, being subverted from below by millions of people invading us illegally, and on the other hand, being subverted from above by very, very, very rich governments and, and individuals uh, who are entering at a very high level. The other thing on the big picture in the world that bothers me is this artificial intelligence uh, situation, where everybody's going to just believe what artificial intelligence tells them, and they don't realize that artificial intelligence can be manipulated like uh, Google, Google can. Or, you know, when you go to Google and ask okay. for something, it could be manipulated. Exactly. Is our no. history, is our, your historian, is our history going to be changed? Well, certainly. I mean, if you look at Google, they, they have all sorts of misinformation, and, 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 and they recognize that they. Uh, they've had some very, very uh, left-wing junior programmers 
who've put all sorts of stuff into their version of artificial intelligence that's just plain false. It's just phony. Uh, but I think also <clears throat> we have to recognize that you, you are going to be bombarded. All of us are going to be bombarded with so much data from so many places that sorting it out and figuring out what we really believe is going to be much more complicated than it used to be. Uh, I mean, there was a time during World War II and shortly thereafter where people really did trust the news because the news had been unified against Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. Uh, but now there's so much that, that comes on social media, on TikTok, uh, on various news channels that is just plain false. I mean, it represents efforts to manipulate us, and people are going to have to learn how to sort it out and how to defend themselves and how to ask tough questions. New Gingrich, Sunday morning. What's your final word to our, our, is the 340 million citizens of the United States? Well, it's basically like on Ronald Reagan. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I just did a piece on news the other day at Gingrich 360 on the uh, lunar lander, which uh, the first time Americans went back to the moon since 1971. Uh, we have extraordinary things happening in biology that are going to extend our lives and keep us much healthier. We have great things happening uh, with uh, the space program that are going to expand the frontier for young people, hopefully get them to decide that studying and learning math is worthwhile because they're going to be part of a great adventure. So I'm an optimist. If we can solve our current problems, the future is going to be bigger and brighter and more exciting than ever. Newt Gingrich, 50th Speaker of, uh, of the United States of America, thank you for... Uh... Uh, doing working as hard at our age as we did when we were both younger. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you.